Hi, and welcome to the Vine Community Church Podcast. We hope that what you're about to hear will help you to flourish in God's grace and bear fruit through loving God, loving each other, and loving our community. Well, good morning. It's so good to have you here today at the Vine. And uh, my dad's uh, 90th birthday was, we were celebrating this weekend. So dad... 90 years old, we don't get to celebrate. Stand up and just thank God for you. Yeah, it's so good. There he is. A curtain call right there. And we have my brother and his family, and and just it's so good to to, uh, celebrate together. We've had a great weekend uh, together with with Dad. And um, and we had this one of these life-size posters of him. It was pretty cool. And... uh, he, he loved it, and, uh, and uh, just a beautiful time with family. I mean, to celebrate 90, what, what, a, um, what a marker, right? Thanks be to God. So as we, uh, we come to his word today, uh, we have been in the book of Romans, so you can see that, and we are continuing our study here, and today we're thinking about what does it look like when you take things for granted? For instance, you know, I, I got up and before the sun rose and saw it today, it's so beautiful. Every, I mean, pretty much you can take for granted every day the sun's rising. Or you look at your own life and you think about your health. And when you're healthy, you take that for granted sometimes. Or my, uh, my wife's fabulous cooking. Even I can take that for granted sometimes. And there's just so much that we can take for granted in our life. You know, relationships, when we take them for granted, it's just a, you know, it just, it's a downer. But the thing that we got to be most careful about as Christ followers today is this, is that we don't take for granted the grace of God. And so we're going to see today what happens when you begin to take for granted God's grace. And we're going to see that in, uh, as we enter into chapter 2 of Romans, that judgment begins to happen and condemnation begins, not just in the hearts, but the words of, of those who profess him. And that's a really big problem that we need to address in our lives and in the church today and not just thinking about whether it was for just the Jewish people or the Jews and the Gentiles. I think it was for both. We need to stop judging. But we, we, as we learn to savor God's grace, we're going to learn more and more to stop being blind to, the, to our sin and to, our, and to our God's wonderful grace for us. So let's look at the passage today. If you have your Bibles, look with me. Romans chapter 2. We're continuing this good study in his word. And I remind you as we do each week that this is God's holy word. Romans 2 beginning in verse number 1. Therefore, you have no excuse, O man, every one of you who judges. For in passing judgment on another, you condemn yourself But you, the judge, practice the very same things. We know that the judgment of God rightly falls on those who practice such things. Do you suppose, O man, 
You who judge those who practice such things and yet do them yourself, that you will escape the judgment of God? Or do you presume on the riches of his kindness and forbearance and patience, not knowing that God's kindness is meant to lead you to repentance? But because of your hard and impenitent heart, you are storing up wrath for yourself on the day of wrath when God's righteous judgment will be revealed. And so today we've, uh, we just to remind you where we've been, chapter 1 verses 1 through 15, we've seen kind of an introduction as Paul teaches us about what the letter of Romans is all about. And then he came to the theme verses in verses 16 and 17 of chapter 1. I am not ashamed of the gospel because the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes, first for the Jew, then for the Gentile. And then we see it in chapter 1, verse 18, through Romans 3.20, that we all deserve God's wrath because of our sin. And, and our sin, we, we can all slide into all different kinds of sins. And so in chapter 1... Uh, the, we saw last week, in the last several weeks, that the Gentiles dealt with all these pretty, pretty um, explicit, we would say maybe bad sins, obvious sins. And the, the Jewish people, remember of Jesus' day, they used to call, they didn't like the Gentiles, uh, and they didn't associate with them at all, and they called them often unclean dogs. Now, in our culture, if you call someone an unclean dog, that wouldn't be too bad because we treat our dogs pretty well. <laughs> but in that day, it was rough. You know, it was really a bad slur. And so they had this kind of animosity towards the Gentiles. And, and they struggled to really know how bad their sins really were. So um, just like in the church, there are people that struggle with, you know, these more explicit sins. We could call them sins like the prodigal of Luke 15, where it's just like, that's obvious. But there's also a lot of sin that we struggle with in our hearts that impacts the way that we look at others and the way that we actually live. And that's more of the inward, more subtle sins. And here's the point that Paul's going to make today. Those sins deserve the wrath of God just as much as those more obvious sins. And we have to realize this in our life. So we have to learn to not, to no longer just sort of take advantage of or, or simply say, man, I, I expect your grace. If we have it, we need to rejoice in it and savor it and no longer take it for granted. So we're going to see two, two ways in judging others that it's serious and sin that God doesn't overlook. And we see, first of all, in verses 1 through 3, that judging others is a blindness to your sin. And then secondly, judging others is a blindness to God's grace in verses 4 and 5. But let's go back and go through the passage. Verse 1. Therefore, and we look at when we see therefore, what is it therefore? You've heard that. 
And it says, you have no excuse. And the therefore is talking about all that's happened in verses 18 through the end of chapter 1. All these things that you, you know, the wrath of God is revealed as opposed to the righteousness of God that was revealed in verse 16. And that you yourself deny the creator-creature distinction and that you fall into lies and deceit, deceiving yourself and fall into this sin. Because you think, you start to, and remember verses 18 through 32, talked about you see yourself as like, you're like God. And so you see yourself as your own moral authority. So here in verse chapter 2, verse 1, he's, he uses, in essence, some of the similar arguments. He says here that it's because of, therefore, because, because of this, because of God, God is a just God and he is a God of wrath. But he wants to pour out, obviously, his righteousness to you because of your sins. You, you all deserve the wrath of God. And that's the hard news. And, and so he comes into this, um, this beginning of chapter 2 where there's obviously a, a problem with judging. There it says, oh man, maybe it's related to the Jew and the Gentile. We know it relates to all of us. Every one of you who judges, you have no excuse. I don't know why. And so he goes on. He's saying, in essence, if you judge others, you are blind. You're not seeing your sin. You are, you are looking and seeing the sort of the, the log or the plank in someone else's life, and you got a log in your own eye. And you're missing your own struggle with your own sin. You see, when you, when you judge others, you're making yourself to be the judge. You're making yourself, in essence, to say, I'm the authority. I make this decision. That person is worse than me or bad or I condemn them or I think lower of them. And it's making, putting ourselves into a superiority position. It's essence, saying, I am like God, even if we don't realize that. And so we're blind to our own sin when we judge, thinking that my sins are not as bad as others, and we miss the greatness and wonder of God's grace. So verse 1 goes on. It says, For in passing judgment on others, you condemn yourself, because you, the judge, practice the very same things. You know, we may judge due to our pride or to our insecurities, but our judgment, in a weird way, we feel better about ourselves when we judge someone, right? Have you ever felt that way? Like, you know, I do this better than you. I feel better than you. And when I say something, for a moment at least, we feel momentarily better or superior to that person. And, of course, it's making yourself the judge. In James chapter 4, verse 12, what does it say there? God says there, there is only one lawgiver and judge, the Lord God himself. So stop judging. That's what James Fort says. And here is a similar argument in Romans chapter 2. Stop acting like you are God. And realize this. Your sin is worse than you thought it was. 
even if it's mostly internal or in your head, we all fail. We, for Romans 3.23, for all, right? For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. No one, he's saying, is perfect like God. No one has the glory of God, the majesty that we sang about just earlier in King of Kings, the song. Only God himself is that glorious, perfect one. And so, verse 2, he goes on, and we know that the judgment of God rightly falls on those who practice such things. So it's a bad place to be if you're judging others and continue to do so. And then in verse 3, Paul rhetorically asks this, Do you suppose, O man, you who judge those who practice such things and yet do them yourself, that you will escape the judgment of God? And so, uh, class, what's the answer to that rhetorical question? It is? It is? No. It is no. You will not escape the judgment of God if you continue in this judgment. You're fooling yourself as you condemn others and put yourself into a superior place because what we do in life, we either look at others and we see ourselves either as superior to them or inferior to them. And God doesn't want us to look either way. He wants us to see ourselves as God sees us, as see ourselves as all, all deserving God's judgment because of our sins. And if we... If we know God, guess what? We get his grace. We get something that is utterly undeserved. So this is just simply amazing what God does for us. You see, scripture teaches this in in James 2.10, for whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point is has become guilty of all of it. Now, uh, <clears throat> I just made, uh, at, for Valentine's Day, we, for Lizanne, I made some brownies. Now, that took some doing, and, you know, uh, I'm not that creative, but added a little bit of ch- chocolate, chocolate um, Ghirardelli shavings into the, into the brownie mix, cooked them all up, and then I took the brownies, once they were cooked, and I took a little a cookie cutter, a heart-shaped cookie cutter, made little hearts. Isn't that nice? <laughs> oh, so sweet. But, and this is just theoretical, okay? So, so go with me for a moment, okay? Uh, suppose a couple, somehow I put into the Duncan and Hines cookie batter, a couple drops of cyanide poison. That wouldn't be good, would it? No. no, because if we ate those brownies, it wouldn't be a good thing because I wouldn't be here. You know, just a couple drops of deadly poison will kill you as much as, you know, this is drinking a gallon of it, so to speak. And so, likewise, our sin is like that. You know, you may, you may have less sin than others, 
Look at your sins may not be as ex- external or as have as much bad human implications as others. That might be true too. But your sin is equally deserving the wrath of God as others. So in that sense, we're all in the same boat. And so that's why we need God's grace through Jesus Christ. And that leads us to our second point here is is that not only is judging others blindness, you don't see it to your sin. Judging others, secondly, is blindness to God's grace. And we see that in verses 4 and 5. Verse 4 says, Or do you presume on the riches of kindness and forbearance and patience? Presume is to look, is to kind of block it out of your mind. Or to somehow think about other things. You remember uh, Gone with the Wind, Scarlett O'Hara? You know, that, that she used to like compartmentalize, you know, she had that, it was the big war and then she lost Tara and then she was hungry and she was really good at saying in her mind, well, that doesn't really, these bad things, I'm, what was her famous line? Do you remember? I'll just think about that tomorrow. But here's, so... Kind of in the opposite way, what we, if you're a Christian, you've got to stop doing the Scarlet O'Hare thing with God and his grace. Oh, I'll, I'll think about it tomorrow. Oh, I'll, I'll get to that. There'll be a day when I really start to follow God. No. Friends, today's the day of salvation. God's grace is to be enjoyed by you today. And and what does he say here in this this great passage about what he gives to us to help us to stop judging and to live and to realize our sin, but to also realize the wonder of his grace. He says again, verse 4, or do you presume on the riches? Remember, God's riches are beyond anyone in this planet. He spoke in in the world he put into existence. He owns every single thing in this universe. He is beyond wealthy. But what does it say? Look at it again. Do you presume or think, don't think enough about or somehow overlook the riches of his kindness and forbearance and patience. The three words here are translated kindness, first of all, is a, a goodness of heart or a gentleness. Forbearance is a holding back or a delay of punishment. Patience here is makes up two words, and the first word is like a long fuse coupled with the second word, which is, means anger. So God has a long fuse with his anger, his wrath. He does not treat us as our sins deserve, Psalm 103 says. He is completely kind, forbearance, um, long-suffering is another word for that. Patient, this, his riches, his wealth of kindness, it says it should lead us 
to repentance. But here's the problem is we can be blind to this. You know, just like we take for granted the sun's going to come up or we're going to stay healthy or we got a good family or maybe you have a marriage you enjoy. You can take that for granted. And likewise, God's grace is so easy to take for granted because we've been given it all, but then we're not actually, as I love John Piper, the word he uses, savoring. We, are we savoring? Is God's grace tasty and delightful to us? Are we fully enjoying it and, and saying, thank you, God, and it's changing us? Changing us to live differently and especially to stop condemning others, to stop judging others. So we see here that trusting God's grace leads you to repentance, not judgment. Um, Again, verse 4, can we read it one more time? Or do you presume on the riches of his kindness and forbearance and patience, not knowing that God's kindness is meant to lead you to repentance. It's his kindness, his compassion, his gentleness that should lead us, really, this, is, this seems almost like it doesn't fit together, to repent of our sins. It's his work. It's what he's done and not even our best efforts that cause us to repent of our sins. Brian Chapel, a great pastor and a current stated clerk of the Presbyterian Church in America, he tells this illustration about when he was raised in his family in rural South Georgia that his dad taught all of his sons how to use a cross-cut saw. That's kind of a manly thing. Have you had a dad teach you how to use a cross-cut saw? We didn't do that, Dad. I don't know why not. But so he was out with his brothers one fall, and he was telling this story that they were actually cutting this wood, and they came to this piece of wood, and it was he put the Brian put the wood in, and it, it cut this piece of wood, and part of it was rotten apparently, and it kind of flipped off the saw, and when it fell down, to him, to Brian, this was as a kid, it looked kind of like a horse head. And so he said, oh, cool, because this is what a guy would do. He said, my dad's birthday's coming up. I can use that to make something for dad. You know, this is a good gift. So he used the horse, heads, the horse head piece of looking of rotten wood, and he made it into a, a tie tack, a tie rack, excuse me, for his dad. And so, uh, you know, he wrapped it all up for the birthday present. You know how guys wrap, right, Lon? My brother. We're, we're terrible wrappers. You know, uh, you know so he, he wrapped this piece of this, this tie rack with a, this kind of rotten piece of horse head looking. And he gives it to his dad. And his dad says, when he opens it, he goes, wow, that's so cool. What is it? <laughs> and so he went on to explain, well, Dad, that's a horse head, and this is a tie rack. 
And the chapel goes on to explain that his dad used it for years. And he used that horse. That, and he realized as the years went by, as he thought about it, he said, it wasn't really a good gift. But his dad received it. And he says, chapel says these words. He says, my father used my work not because of its goodness, but because of his. His dad was filled with goodness towards his son. And look, do you realize how much goodness, kindness the Lord has towards you? Are you, are you savoring God's grace rather than taking it for granted? Are you enjoying it and saying, God, thank you for your riches toward me and all who know you. Verse 5 finishes our passage and it says, But because of your hard and impenitent heart, you are storing up wrath for yourself on the day of wrath when God's righteous judgment will be revealed. You know, he's saying in essence here, our struggle, and as he said throughout this chapter, and he says throughout the book of Romans, is with our heart. At the deepest core of who you are, are you, do you know God's grace? Is it allowing you to have the courage, the humility to acknowledge your sin and to see and savor his grace? And if you do, it will change you. But if you don't know that Lord and Savior, if you don't know that God, it says that it will store up wrath for you, heap on on the day of wrath when God's righteous judgment will be revealed. It's showing this picture like your, your lack of repentance, your lack of gratitude, your lack of accepting God's grace is heaping up, storing up this wrath. And the great news is, by the way, is if you know Christ as your Savior and Lord, we know you can momentarily and even episodically fall into places where you are, you just don't understand your sin. You don't, you're blind to it, and you're blind to God's grace. But you will, by the power of the Holy Spirit and the wonder of knowing God's word, come to that place where once again you will say, God, I repent. I turn from my sin, and I want to see your grace. It's because your kindness leads me to repentance. So today, what's your response to the riches of God's grace? And I would say that a great thing to do is to repent. And um, <clears throat> as you think about repentance, for you, if you're a believer, here's three things you can think of. It's just three C's, if you will of what repentance really is. And the first is um, <clears throat> that you would be conscious of your sin. Do you know? Do you know that your sin deserves God's wrath as much as anyone's sin? 
Secondly, second, does it lead to conviction, a godly conviction? What, what I love about my dad throughout his life, his 90 years young, <laughs> is that when he, he often thinks about his sin, he weeps over what God has done in forgiving him and God's grace. Do you ever weep over your sin? Or when we come to repentance, are you thinking about others and what they need to repent of and not you? We need to be conscious of our sin. We need to have a conviction of our sin. But, but thirdly and finally, and this is the beauty of repentance. It's, just, it's his kindness that leads us to repentance. And repentance leads us to comfort through the power of the Holy Spirit. Because guess what? Church, if you repent and believe in Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and by the way, we need to not just do that once as believers, we need to constantly be saying, God, I repent. I believe in you. Yes, yes, you're going to heaven. That's assured. We're not, there's no doubt of if you know Christ as your Savior and Lord that you are going to be with him forever. You're forgiven he credits to your spiritual account, we've seen this, you're the righteousness of God. But we have to continually repent so that we will ultimately receive comfort. And some of you, all, maybe all of you know what that's like. When you have repented after wrestling with sin and you've, you've been conscious of your sin, convicted by it, and received the comfort of the Holy Spirit, there's nothing like that in the whole world. It is true rest. It is truly what we all long for, is that moment before God where we know that he says to us, you're my beloved. I forgive you completely. Walk now by my grace and turn from your sin. And so that's just an amazing thing of what God does as we truly come to the place of repenting of our sin. Yes, definitions of repentance, it's like a spiritual U-turn. Yes, it means literally the word metanoia, a change of mind that leads to a change of heart, that leads to a change of actions. But it is God's kindness that will lead us to repentance cause us to stop judging and help to lead us to the place of the comfort the Holy Spirit alone can bring. Do you know this, God? If you do know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, here's the good news is, remember we said earlier there's only one law, or lawgiver and judge, it's God? Think about the gospel just briefly. Jesus, who is the lawgiver and judge over the whole universe, came to this world. He lived a perfect, sinless life. He never sinned. And yet, for love for his people, he was nailed to a cross 
And even worse, we don't know what this was like. He took the very wrath of God upon himself. He was the one lawgiver and judge, and he was completely judged for the sins of every person who believes in him. Wow. Look at there's no God who will love you that way. There's no person that will can promise and come through to give you that kind of love. And I pray today, whether you're a believer or not yet a believer, that it will be his kindness that leads you to repentance. Thanks so much for joining us for this podcast. For more information, you can visit us online at thevinecc.com, download our mobile app, or visit us on Facebook or Instagram at thevinecc. Have a great week.